This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, uh, Peter Crouch. I've got uh, the notorious SRD with me and Chris Stark. All good? Very good, yes. So we're into the new season now. It's great yeah. to have it back, isn't great it? to be back, isn't Let's it? Be Let's honest. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I say it was, I mean, you know, also, the, you know, the kids being off and all that, I know it's a long time to be off, isn't it? It is. And like with no football, I know it's good, like this to be honest, there's, you know, the tennis I enjoyed, mm. you know, Wimbledon. Um, there's a few bits and pieces, but there's nothing like the Premier League, is there? Mm. It's back. it's back, come on. It's back. It's back, it's back yeah. It? And there's a few changes, isn't it? It's always interesting seeing how the coverage has changed, like all the various changes in the broadcasters, all of that kind of thing. Takes a bit of getting used to, I think. Does, yeah, yeah. Well, for mm-hmm. us, obviously, but, we were BT Sport, we're now TNT Sports. Yeah, we, we haven't really talked about that, have we? Well, no, I mean, it's listen, you know, it's it's, it's, it's similar. I mean, there's a lot of people working there that's the same, but... Um, have you got a new board that you need to learn? Sort of new uh, electronics or... No, you don't really no. do. You don't really. I'm not really touchscreen talent. You, you let the others do it, didn't you? You just no, stand there and just. I do. I do have a go at it. I do have a go at it. Like, Pick and choose your battles. Well, you know what? I have. To, I do them, but I'm not very good. Isn't it funny? You retire from football and you're expected to be unbelievably savvy with tech. It took me a while to even go near it. And I am. I have gone on it now, mm. but it is nerve wracking on there because yeah. you think if it freezes and it's not my fault and I'm standing there going what I do and you're on live TV is it's quite a nerve-wracking thing to do. Mm. Yeah. I want to get to a few more Watford games this season. I didn't get to enough last season, so I'm going to kick that off as soon as possible. And um, But also, you know, I've started going to see Maidenhead games quite a bit. Love that. Got into it, you know, because it's really nearby. Yeah. Um, where I live, I'm just slightly outside of Watford. Uh, now it's not as easy for me mm. to get to as many games. Um, so I sort of switched between the two. Watford fan, but go support local Love as well. That. Um, the issue I have with Maidenhead and we've discussed this on the podcast before is um, as they moved up through the leagues because you used to be able to have a pint whilst you watched the game which was great Mm. but then they did well and obviously that's you know when you're trying to support them that's what you wish Mm. but then they get to such a level that suddenly you're not allowed to have the beers on the side of the pitch and Maidenhead are at that level Mm. so then what happened is they kind of closed off the sides so the little bar in the corner, for example, in the, right in the corner where I go, um, it, it now is a fe- it's behind a fence. Uh, so you're and, having a beer and you, you can't see the match. So, the so I can't see it. This is the Periscope chat. And this is before. the Periscope thing, right. Sid. So I don't know if you're across this, but towards the end of last season, I thought, do you know what I'm going to do to get around this? So I can still have a beer. No. I'm going to no. invest in a Periscope and then just have that poking over the top of the fence. So I can watch. So I've got, the, basically, I've bought the Periscope. Um, it seems to me that you can only buy kids' Periscopes uh, <laughs> unless I just didn't search long enough. Mm. So I've ordered this sort of, uh, it's like a green and yellow kids' Periscope. I don't really think I should talk about it on the podcast, but equally, I know we have to, in case they somehow get outlawed at this level of football. Uh, but I don't think Vanarama can come for the uh, Periscopes, can they? My worry is if there's... Hundreds of periscopes. <laughs> like, it's all right with you. I reckon that'd be fine. But yeah. it, potentially, there'll be no one in the stadium. All having a beer. They'll just potentially be behind, behind the fence. <laughs> do you know what I'd love to do? Periscopes down <laughs> the top. I'd love us to get kind of lawyered up on the situation because I'm waiting for someone to go, you can't bring in a periscope, one. Or two, um, you're not allowed to use your periscope in the bar. Because think about it, if, if someone in a high-vis comes over and goes, sorry, sir, you can't, you know, can't use the periscope, my first question, I'd like to be armed with, well, technically I can. Yeah. And here's why. 
Do you know what I mean? Because if I have that information, then yeah. I can carry on. Tell me where. Tell me why I can't have a periscope here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do it at <laughs> large crowds that they go for. You see, that's what I mean. It, you're right. Actually, it's yeah. a sporting it is, apparatus, yeah, isn't it? Well, how big is the fence? Like, because I and have how a big human is the periscope, periscope as well. I'd love I, to I, get I, you there. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I saying, yeah. if, I, if I could potentially see over it, I I could tell you what's going on. Say, oh, no joke. I think you could, but wouldn't that be amazing? Like, if we can get you along to a game, wouldn't it be great if we go for a pint in the little corner bar, and if you're playing in the game, you just see. Crouchy's head just staring at you from over a fence. <laughs> like, and, and, a, and a periscope next to him. And then me yeah. with my little periscope. I, uh, my, my next door neighbour is a, a female and she's seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> what, over a fence? When she's sunbathing, I just uh, ah. appear from nowhere. <laughs> The human periscope. Amazing. <laughs> the giraffe in full nature. <laughs> San Marino loves, that, loves that, that, I didn't, assume. Didn't happen. I made that up. Let's get you... Um, I don't know if you'll be up for it at some point. Let's get you to a maiden game and just test test that. Because I do actually yeah. think... I could it's not particularly over. high. I do, yeah, actually, right. do actually think you might be able to do it. And also, there must be other games where people can do the same. And mm. they maybe just haven't thought about it. Um, but let's see what we can do for periscopes. Mm. Maybe it's the kind of thing we could sell through the podcast as well, done, right? Yeah, yeah, we just get you know a range of periscopes out there. But you're allowed binoculars at a game, aren't you? I see. Yeah, you are. You're not allowed certain cameras, though, are you? Yeah, but a periscope's not a camera. This is what I mean. I just think we need to be hot. On the t- yeah. If you're a lawyer listening to this right now, yeah, lawyer us up. Tell us, tell us what we need to say should someone come and try to take down the periscope. All right. Well, listen, something to, something to ponder. Um, I've had a load of... Uh, Fantastic messages uh, this week. Um, obviously, we all saw the Pochettino barbecue one. I don't know if we've got a picture of Pochettino at the barbecue. We should have touched on this earlier, really, yeah. obviously during, during pre-season. But he, his first day at work at Chelsea, he got all the players and club staff uh, to attend a barbecue. Uh, it'd be good to dissect this. Um, what do you think? Is Pochettino a BBQC plus? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is. Um <laughs> All right, so I got tagged in this picture so much. Did you? Yeah, I've, I've been sent this so many times. And it's brilliant. Because for all you take the mick out of me, there is an undercurrent of, uh, and it's a movement of people who are becoming out and proud about barbecuing. And I, I really am one of them. Mm. Um, what I love about Potch here is his barbecue. He's clearly proud of it. He's got a photo of him with got his know, name on it. rubbing it. But exactly that. He's got his name yeah. put on the hood there. And I just think that's class. I haven't done he's that even got his soul. He's much richer Pochettino, he's magic, you know. Yeah. I, I actually spoke to someone that was at this barbecue and it was his first day at Chelsea and the whole, the whole squad, the, 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 the uh, staff, the academy, it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. He, he bought the whole shebang in. Yeah, which I think is an amazing thing. And, I, and like, don't get me wrong, I love a barbecue as much as the next man. Yeah. It's, it's, this is not my, my issue. I'm the next bar- man, no. And, and you don't saying. love it as you're much the one, as me. No, because you're the 1% of BBQCs. Whereas there's barbecuers who enjoy the day out, you know, and we cook some burgers and throw sausages on. You tell we us to ma- Potch. We don't if, slow cook for 24 hours. If Potch hours. comes on this podcast, I guarantee you he respects me more than you. <laughs> oh, wow. For different reasons. I'm sure he'd respect... I respect your barbecuing prowess. No, you don't. You don't at all. Well, I do there, respect. There is no respect. <laughs> there is no. There is, there is quite literally right. no evidence of respect. Yeah, you're right. In any you're way, right. I don't respect it. Do you know why? Because it's just, it's just, in my I opinion, do. it's pretentious. It's like it's not it's, pretentious. It is pretentious because you know why? Because you're marinating and slow cooking, and you think you're better than me. You think you're better than me? No, I don't. I want to serve you because you've I marinated you. your, your no, meat. No, what I'm trying to do is hours. give you meat. That is is that you will enjoy. I want I want you to be eating this meat, going God, that tastes good. Yeah, but no, I think there's uh, you 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 think you're better than everyone else when you barbecue because you just go fuck this, can't be asked with this. I whack a burger on there, toss it a few times, sausages are burnt. Fuck it, just bung it in a <laughs> bun and cover it in sauce. That would do for the people I love the most. Yeah, but is that is that's that, who, who I, are you saying no, is being more for, arrogant in that situation? Well, barbecuing for me is, is is getting my good my. It's a sideshow. The no, the barbecuing for you is gathering all your friends and family and there. giving them shit food. <laughs> Barbecuing, well, barbecue for me is, is a love. Barbecue. I show my love through a really yeah, low and 
lo- long you'd ra- process. You'd rather I think about it the slow. night before. Like when I'm rubbing my meat, going, I'm thinking of every <laughs> one of my friends and family. And I'm, I'm rubbing my meat. I am. I am. And I'm thinking, I want to do something really nice for them. Yeah, but you, you, you're you're spending 24 hours out in the garden mm. rather than talking to the people you love. Yeah. You know, so I'm conversing, I'm catching up. And said, I'm, yeah, I'm doing some I, burgers. I get a bit of it's the side show. Can I be the, mid- no, I be the middle one in this one? I get it. I've been at a barbecue at Crouchy's house and they're great. Listen, when you're a few beers deep and you want a bit of food, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then he might as well but, fucking microwave but, it. But, but no, on the flip side, on the flip burger. side, Stucky, I get what you're saying. I've been to barbecues as well where the person has marinated that meat yeah. and rubbed it yeah. for 24 hours. Yeah. Right? And it tastes delicious. And I've gone, hey, that's a great barbecue. Yeah. And you've had conversations about it and you've gone, like, how have you done that? And like you want to know yeah. more. And you and then when you hear the effort that's yeah. been put in, you, I, I you hear spend them. I hear. This picture of Poch for me sums up where we're we're at with barbecue. And these are very significant people. Well, where, that up where, until where now, still, you never knew. Barbecue. That's not a green egg. That's that looks that looks like gas. Well, this is my only thing I would say with it. I'm a little bit suspicious about the makeup of that looks barbecue. Gas to yeah. me. Well, if it's gas, then you that's know I that's do obviously saying. lose respect yeah. for Poch. Well, there, but... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But you lose respect. That's what I'm saying because you because it's pretentious. You can't you can't see a man enjoying his barbecue there. <laughs> what you can see is oh, it's not a rubbing meeting one. <laughs> Oh, we haven't done that for 28 hours. We're going to do this. I promise, I promise, like, we, what we're going to do is I'm around Pete's house. I'm going to bring him a, a proper barbecue. I'm not against it. And we're going to do, we, we are going to do like a 24-hour, mm. you know, from beginning to end. We'll both rub at the start and then we will move <laughs> to, um, you know, preparing and, and we will slow cook that thing. We'll wear lights on our head and we will go all night long <laughs> and we'll have a little tent and everything just to, in case, you know, if yeah. you do need to rest or something retire to the tent for a little bit as long as one of us is always tending mm. and and it and it will be I actually think it will be a very enlightening experience for us both mm. beneath the stars in your garden no, I do I do worry there's quite a lot of sexual kind of connotations well, I don't think there's anything at all sexual about well barbecue. I think there is let's be honest I don't, I don't think, think you're rubbing your meat no, you know tender you know, rubbing of meat. Yeah, we well, could do that about you anything. Know, all night you? long, right? <laughs> so, no, maybe you can make anything sound sexual if you want to, Pete. Golf. Oh, I'd whip my club out and give you a <laughs> massive back nine. <laughs> a massive back nine. Oh my god! Oh, I haven't seen four balls close together before. Oh, Everyone oh, jumped before he's ready tonight. <laughs> oh, it's in the bush. <laughs> oh, six woods. <laughs> Six foods. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nothing's as homoerotic oh. as barbecuing, I don't think. So, um, <laughs> I, as respect I would, and I'll tell you the other one, one word, and I doubt you'd call him a barbecue cunt, Ramos. Sergio Ronald, Ramos. Have you seen his setup? No. Right, homework for you. I'll leave that with you. You come back to the next podcast, and I would like you to review his setup for me. That What Ramos has in his back garden is... Something I dream of. Is that what you aspire to? Mm. Aspire to it. It's it's a wonderful set. Are you sure he's low and slowing though? Oh, he's he's the real deal. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's it's wow. a real deal. Real now that's deal. a real. Is it that's a real barbecue right. car. Oh. If, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some aprons and stuff done here because uh, this is yeah this yeah. is escalating every show. I'm getting a feel for this. This yeah. is definitely something that's got legs. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get the BBQC's uh, <laughs> aprons out there. Well, coming soon. We'll see. Yeah. There's a message here from Jack. I don't know if you're across this here. Um, I mean, I, I looked at the pitch and I thought I was looking into a mirror. Uh, <laughs> the message from Jack. About 10 years ago, I was a mascot for Rangers and I performed some great mascot housery. I was actually taller than the player who I was matched up against. Now, just to enlighten you on this picture, this mascot is taller than the player and I would basically say he looks like me with pale skin. <laughs> Jack, I'm sorry, but... He's got the whole hands. What? With the he's, player. And he's holding walk, hands. He's holding not even a walk yeah. along. He's, he's taller than him. He doesn't look amused, Jack. He looks like he's pretty pissed off. Weirdly, the way the photo's captured looks like neither of them want to be well, there. I saw, mm. I saw a lot with Shakira at Stoke. Um, obviously, Shakira is probably the smallest player I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, and it happened a lot. There was uh, there was kids just as tall as him. And, and, and I've, saw, I've seen him a couple of times swap. Swap mascots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he only felt slightly embarrassed by it. Well well done, Jack. And uh, amazing picture. There's a message from Ross. I once bumped into Sidwell whilst I was on a stag do in Lisbon. He looked bemused at what was going on. And then within five minutes, he was on the table doing the beer funnels with us. 
I think one of my mates pissed him off by repeatedly calling him Jack Colbeck. <laughs> That's not true. I wasn't oh, not pissed true. off at all. I mean, oh, well, they were calling you Jack. Oh, Colbeck. they probably was. Yeah, I remember. So we was in. A, I was on a stag do with a group of mates, Jurgen, who uh, I think oh. I've mentioned previously in the pod, and uh, Joe the Toe there, and Joe the Toe wasn't there. No, oh. no, Caveman was there. Uh, Chimp was there. Bobby. There was a few of the boys that was there, but there was us, and there was literally one other group that was in this pub. Nobody else. And we collided and we got on great. And they were ruthless. They, oh, yeah. they were, they was like, imagine bumping into like a rugby bunch. Mm. Um, and the funnel, the beer funnel actually yeah. went viral. And the uh, groom on his wedding day, walking from the aisle out of the church, his best man had the funnel waiting for him. And he kneeled down on one knee and done the funnel. Stop his. it. So first thing is a married man. He's got, he's got married. Did it went viral. I, I'm sure it was, all, I, I'm going to have to find it. It was legendary, and we was doing that funnel for fun. <laughs> but this mob, they were ruthless. Yeah, but they had rules and regulations for this funnel and their stag do in general. Um, and they abided by the rules. And it, they were a great bunch of lads. Ross, big up because uh, I do remember that. that I do like this. It's, it's wedding season at the moment, isn't it? There's a lot of weddings. Obviously, nicer weather. People book in the summer, um, majority of the time. I tell you what, I haven't seen for a while, and we did have a flurry of good ones is um, we were encouraging people when they got married um, and you know we got signed oh, the register. The best. To do it as almost as if you're signing a, a, to a no club. Way. Yeah, it's the best. So you got, you got obviously the picture of your wife, but you know, they're holding a shirt up and like, you know, the, the groom will be behind going as if, you know, like really proud. I've, you know, I've, I've signed like a top yeah. player. Uh, Maybe with the father behind with a hand yeah, yeah. on the, the hand on like the a shoulder signing, like or, a CEO. or yeah, best yeah, yeah, man yeah, yeah. with a hand uh, on the real. shoulder. Just oh, we to... haven't seen one of them for a while, so if That's you want to I mean. get in touch, like it's Peter, Peter Crouch at uh, Peter.crouchatacast.com. Yeah, get yeah. involved because I, I loved seeing them. They were brilliant. They were great. Yeah. Any any wedding signings, please let us know. They're they're great picks. Um right, should we crack on with the podcast today? Crack what, on. What, what are we talking about, lads? Do you know what we're doing today, Chris? Yeah. It's canteens and training grounds. Oh, um, you know, we've done training grounds previously, but like we haven't dug down into the like kind of the, the canteen environment, which is it's, it's so important, isn't it? And yeah. like you spend a lot of time up there and um so many of the characters, like a lot of the kind of I want to call them dinner ladies. <laughs> 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 I can't see Ringing the bell. <laughs> They're not delayed. They are. Call them, like, well, you um... go straight from school to like a lot of the, you know, it was quite often older ladies cooking for you. So catering operatives um, or something. Yeah. Well, dinner ladies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's fine. We, 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 all, we all know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there might be, you know, a few, the chef in there as well, but, um, and, and, and some, some of the food I've had was phenomenal. I oh. mean, I mean, even as a young player, I remember walking into the Tottenham canteen and, uh, you know, the girls behind the counter were, were always lovely and you'd speak to them. It was like a friendly, kind of nice voice. Mm. Um, you know, because so many training grounds, it's always kind of hard, yeah. harsh environment. And you go up there and you get a nice smiley kind of face that was, was for, you know, and they'd been there for years, that kind of thing. Mm. And I always remember when the, the transition between G Jerry Francis and uh, and George Graham and David Ginola used to, it's the first, like, I, 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 first sort of canteen I'd been in. First team canteen. I remember David Ginola used to have like a little, um, a little espresso and a fag, and like in the what, canteen. In the, in the canteen? Yeah, right at the back in the corner. Yeah. Oh, so no one would see him. But like it was sort of like frowned upon, but like allowed. Yeah, because Peak it was David French, Ginola. Though. Yeah, and Peak I was like, French. yeah, and obviously George Graham came in and went, "No, absolutely, what is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> what is going but on? Like, when I first walked in and saw that, I went, fuck it hell. I was like, yeah. you've got to be some player to be doing that. Yeah. That <laughs> to be very was. Uh, but it, it's evolved, isn't it? The canteen, mm. the food. Um, I mean... Did it, you have an allowance? So is it like you'd go in... Do you know what? I think every club that I've been at, and we're talking half them or the majority of them Premier League clubs as well, you pay you pay for your food, mm. so your food would be allocated. It comes out your wages. Your wages. So you didn't eat for free. So when you was there, you'd obviously eat what you wanted to eat. But you could. I remember going to um, Fulham and Mark Schwarzer, who was ripped by the way. He was like late thirties, just physically a machine. He was having like steak and pistachio nuts <laughs> for breakfast. Mm. You know really? that, that fitted into his diet. Mm. And there's me rocking up with, you know bowl of like frosties <laughs> <laughs> so and then it uh, evolves like now then you get to 
diff, like when I finished at Brighton, you had like a halal section because you had to cater for obviously all religions. Mm. And the majority of boys were going to the halal section for meat because it tasted better than the others. Mm. Then there was a sushi section. It was, and then you've got well, all the nutrition. You were getting sushi, were you? As the well? food got oh, ridiculous. It was, it was, like, out, it was, the like, it was a it restaurant. Was so good. I remember interviewing Jürgen Klopp uh, and I went to the new training ground. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's the old academy training ground. I've seen it left Melwood. And I said to him, oh, you know, you're happy in the new training ground? And he was like, this is the best restaurant in the Northwest. And I was like, pardon? <laughs> and he went, I swear to you, he said, I, I, I genuinely think that our canteen is the best restaurant in the Northwest. And, I, and he was de deadly serious. Yeah. Like the food has just gone up a level. <clears throat> it's outrageous. Like when we were away, remember being away of England, like the chef, like he had every kind of like everything you wanted. And obviously, yeah, it was all kind of healthy, but all like, nutritious but tasted good as well mm. it was it was phenomenal because you think about the amount you train the amount you play you have to you have to like you have to kind of refuel mm. um <clears throat> i think about what i used to eat then to, to to kind of what i eat now not not that it's unhealthy now but like back then i was eating so much because i was training so much like i'd get in at like nine o'clock i'd be eating like i'd have probably some porridge then i'd have like um i'd have uh poached eggs on toast uh, then I'd have probably a yogurt and that was before training then I'd train and then I'd have like a soup because I'm, I'm a bit of a soup connoisseur you loved the soup well, didn't you? the soup was a joke wasn't it? Like, it was a joke I'm talking like a real fresh like just homemade soup yeah. I'd have that then I'd have like a full on kind of chicken pasta you know potatoes I'd have everything like veg uh, then I'd have a full on dessert and then I'd sometimes just put cellophane over the exact same meal I've just had and take it at home for dinner. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's very common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the lads used to do that, especially the single ones. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, wives should be cooking, but, the, you know, they, the, like, a lot of them weren't very good at, <laughs> at cooking. That's, that's, that is what you mean. Yeah. But the fact you've had to go, I'm not saying that wives should be... <laughs> To be fair, I'd, I'd done that. When I was at Stoke and I stayed over a couple of times from, uh, from stayed up from London, I always take stuff from the canteen. You had decent lunch. money in that. So was this, was this allowed? Yeah, because yeah, it's healthy. Food, you know it's food. more healthy than, yeah. than what you cook yourself. Yeah. And, and, or what you get from eating out. Mm. So how much of it was... So with Klopp, for example, there, is it seen as like, a big motivation for you guys is it away from it just being functional nutritional was yeah. it something where it it's, was yeah it's all about keeping the squads together like most training grounds now is all about right what can we put here to keep players here mm. not not all day but the majority of the day to keep a bit of team bonding team spirit going up so now Leicester got a golf course there for instance did they well, Leicester's new training ground have got a golf course oh, nine hole no. golf course on their complex Wow. So the idea is to what make players not want to be there the minimum of time. And it's well, if if, the, if if players are going to originally go to a training round, train, eat lunch, then quickly nip off for golf, mm. well, you can do that here. You that's can relax, incredible. have lunch, do nine holes. And that's the same with the canteen. It's an environment where they want people to come, have lovely food, enjoy it, you know, sit in your tables, in your groups, and then you can just slowly converse. Don't talk about football. TVs are on. And there's everything there. I've been in canteens before where there's been fridges where there's every fizzy drink as well. Coke, Diet Coke, Pepsis. Knowing that the players are not going to be the kids and going, I'm going to have five cans of Coke. You know, it's one for lunch, done. Enjoy your meal. Everyone's talking, relax, coffee. Do the managers control any of that? Do the managers keep an eye on what players eat well, or yeah, get it reported few, like... to them? Or is it quite like a safe space, yeah. so to speak? Well, you know, like obviously it's quite... It's been well kind of documented when like Capello came in and, and banned butter and ketchup. ketchup yeah. Ramos did the same thing one day, Ramos at, at Tottenham. Um, <clears throat> I sort of understand it from Ramos's point of view with regards to like, I'm seeing you every day, so I want you to cut this out of your diet. But with Capello's point of view, I couldn't understand it. Like when you're at home, you know, you're away with England for like sometimes three days, you know, maximum 10 days, unless you're in a, you know, a camp or a World Cup or Euros. So I, I didn't really understand kind of like, unless you do that consistently, mm. 10 days or three days is not going to change. No. You know, having a bit of ketchup or... Yeah. You know, like, but like, listen, there were some players like, with regards to, um, 
you know, the, the foreign players and the, the influx of foreign players in our league, they, without fail, say, our oh, food is the worst on the planet. Um, all of them. That's right. Yeah. right? They all say English food is by far... But stereotypically, the... most other countries think English food is shit. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So they come over yeah. and they go like, when they just can't get their head around... Like fish and food. chips baffles a lot of people yeah. Yeah. the Roast idea dinner. that that's that kind Roast of thing yeah. Um, yeah. fish and chips yeah, yeah like beans. <laughs> yeah. beans ketchup ketchup yeah. like they're, they're, they're like why would you cook a, a, a meal and then if you have to put ketchup on it you haven't cooked the meal correctly but then does a manager come in and sometimes introduce a new food or like Capello did it go did the Italian food at least up a bit no <laughs> <laughs> but, but like it, we, we, the food there was was amazing. Yeah, anyway. of course. So it you know, was top notch yeah. then anyway. So he didn't really have to, but he just cut out like the butter and the ketchup. Yeah, but it's like strange, isn't it? it? Was a strange one. Like I watched like uh, James McLean for instance. Uh, he has brown sauce on on everything. I I, I once watched him put brown sauce in soup. No, really? That's no way. That's, I did. Yeah, I think that's a bit dirty, isn't no. it? Like, well, he just had brown sauce on everything, like. What was, what was the chef's name? Was that Carl? No. What was his name? Was it Carl? Done a soap. It was uh, real, wasn't it? It was good. The the soup. You don't put soup. You don't put brown He's sauce. He's talked in that about soup. the soup before. The soup Inks. is the inks. The soup at Stoke was oh, the was, best. It was. I, I love a soup. I love, I love a soup. Yeah. And his soup was <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Have you ever done sort of food challenges uh, in the canteen? Like, has it ever got out of hand? In terms of like who can smash the most burgers or whatever. <laughs> or like... Do you know what? It used to be a treat. We used to come upstairs. You could when you were coming from training, you could smell what kind of food was cooking. You better go. That's burgers. Uh, yeah. That's a treat. The odd time. Yeah, the yeah. odd time. You know, after a game, it was like you, you, you'd have a full English sometimes. On if we we're in on a Sunday, you played Saturday. They'd do you a full English. Or yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Or oh, roast yeah. on a Sunday same, as well. Same different, but. Um, I think it got to a point where it got players arriving at the training ground, especially in the morning and in the afternoon when I was, when I was eating, that it was more continuity. So the chefs and dinner ladies or kitchen assistants would know exactly mm. what the player would want. Mm. So you could rock up and they would know, right, okay, this person's going to have poached eggs on toast with a bit of paprika on top. Do you know what I mean? Saying sausage. Yeah. I used to be like, when I used to get in a Brighton D... The old girl there, she was lovely. She used to go, do you want your milk? And I go, yeah. And she, because I used to have... So that was your thing. No, I used to have Weetabix, right? But I had my... Wheat, I, used to, I don't know anyone else is like this. What do you like with cereal? When I have Weetabix, okay, it's got to be hot, like hot milk, like piping, piping hot milk. And I would go, D, ramp it up because I don't want it like lukewarm. But then like Frosties and cereals, I'd have with cold milk. cold. But yeah. Weetabix, it had to be hot, like so hot. I'd be like... <gasps> and she'd be like, Seeds, I've got you. I'd be like, don't worry, D. Cool. So you'd have your hot milk and it's a bit like, I've seen this clip of um, Man City, the chef there, and um, they're all asking for um, Riyadh pasta. Yes. And it became his signature thing. Oh, it was the yeah. pasta, yeah. It was the pasta chicken, yeah. if I remember right. Like, yeah. it, was, it yeah. looked nice. Yeah. It read to be basic, but it was like, it was nice. So you see all the players come in and go, Riyadh pasta. Do you know what though? That happens a lot. <laughs> you know, like, because you, you'll see like different cultures coming in and, and they'll, they'll say, like, I, want, I need this specific dish. And then, like, they'll make it for them. And I'll go, oh, that's unreal. Like, you know, a particular player from a certain... I, but I just find it funny that it then becomes a signature dish of that dish. player. Yeah, yeah, and then it's almost like that player's create, created yeah. it and it becomes uh, yeah, a thing, you yeah. know? Well, when, like, when I first got introduced to kind of like the, the ham, like the Spanish ham that they have, right? I remember Torres used to get it over from Madrid and he brought it in. And I remember, like, he put it in the middle of the dressing room at Melwood. And like Reina, Luis Garcia, Alonso, they're all eating this ham in the middle. And I was, I was blown. I mean, I, I don't even own the Sam Rat. Do you know what I mean? I was, <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? This like raw ham in the middle. Obviously, you know, so I know now, you know, I'm a well-traveled man now. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but I was like, why would you get ham flown in from Spain? Like, how good it could it be? And I tried it and fucking hell, I was like, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, they're elegant when they, they have like one or two slices. We just like yeah. go in and just overload as yeah. normal. Fire in. But yeah, yeah. you know, like, like you say, it's, what's amazing about being in a football dressing room 
is having, you know, all the different cultures. Like even going around to, 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 to one of the lads' houses, like an Argentinian, and they, they, you know, they, they do barbecues or, you know, they they make meat right, okay? Yeah, and you do right. you do get it. I mean, they're not there for 24 hours like you'd be, but they, they do. No, they we're, talking, we're talking about quality product and a bit of care and attention. The thing is, if those Argentinian players ever come around your house... This is the thing, like, and it's something to consider for the national team as well, is I do think the rest of the world think um, uh, English food's a joke, and I don't think people like yourself, Crouchy, help with that. They don't help that, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> you know, the most important thing now is these players need the best that they can get, and they do get the best because it's literally now walking into a five-star hotel restaurant. Like they would, You'd walk into the most canteens now in the Premier League, right? You'd have the salad section, which would be pretty much much made up the salad bar and then you'd have the the buffet where the majority of the meats would be there or and then you go to the account where the chef is and you go right can you knock me up a, a certain pasta and this sauce or this steak and it would be done pers literally bespoke for you and you mm. go and sit down grab your tea coffee drink cold drink and you'd wait yeah. for your, your, your meal to come over but if it's that much of a routine do you find that you're always sat next to the same person like do you end up sort of like you, you little in-team dynamics in the canteen and that you've spoken before about some life. of the like yeah of course it does but it's it's obviously interesting like we, we've talked about the national team where you know there'd be the different clubs on different tables and so you know almost a bit of divide sometimes between that but is, was it the same day today like you'd have a sort of eating buddy or something or like mm. but like, know, yeah, if it was a bit tense you know people in different parts or, yeah but let's be honest like Nationality is going to stick together, you know. What I mean, like you, you, you would have a group of Dutch, French, you know, you know, African lads, English lads, and of course, there's there's people you you float between and you'd be happy to sit with them. But like, they're always going to be your mates. You know what I mean? You do. You're always going to have more in common with your yeah your, your compatriots of you know international level or whatever. whatever. Um, but but touching on that, like I always remember like the Muslim lads, right? When they're fasting, like a lot of time I remember. They were fasting during pre-season. And I remember yeah. being... I, th I, I always remember with Mam Juf fasting. We had two games in like three days. And we were in Austria and it was red hot. And he was fasting. And he hadn't eaten for like two days. And in those two days, we had three games. So he couldn't touch water or or eat. Yeah, of course, yeah. And you're like, this is, this is mad, you know? And obviously, you know, that has to be respected. So... Mm. You know, he has to maybe step out of one game and maybe just play play another. But I think more and more so now. You know, talk about obviously Salah and, and Mane as well mm. having a similar kind of kind of thing. And you know that that kind of religion and people's beliefs has to be respected, doesn't it? And you know, Absolutely. although it's not obviously from a football perspective the right thing to do, but you got to respect his religion and take him out at that time. Yeah, I I always think there's. What's interesting about what you're saying about the canteen is there's an element of self-discipline uh, that there needs to be because you could really eat as much as you want yeah. and, and it's kind of okay. And then, do you remember Rio was talking about, was it that Ferguson would only allow one fry up a week? Mm. And then if there was suspicion that someone had more than one, the head chef would grasp them up to... Uh, to the manager yeah. Yeah. and then the manager would have to have a meeting about fry-ups mm -hmm. <laughs> we had nutritionists remember that one we, had, we, yeah. we, like, we got nutritionists in and those nutritionists would sit in the canteen and watch <laughs> what what you eat yeah. and I, you know, I, I couldn't eat enough right because I still can't I, you know, I can't put on weight but there were certain players where he'd be like mm -mm -mm, like mm. we've had enough now yeah. <laughs> yeah. take a seat yeah, but it's interesting you say about the seats earlier on. You are wanting to sit next to some of the staff as well because the staff are the key, like the kit man. You know, he was always one a certain um, someone in the medical department that was a laugh and a joke, and you'd be like, oh, "Yeah, I'm stuck with like Shakira, you know, I want to be stuck. <laughs> I want to be stuck over there with Bill Blood or someone." <laughs> <laughs> He's named names. But that's, that's great, because since what you're describing now is kind of ultimate come dine with me situation, you know? Yeah. Four ex-teammates, right? Ideal situation. Who are you sitting next to? Oh, wow. Yeah. Ex-teammates. Need, need a reason why as well. L let me tell you one scenario that I was found myself in once. I, I was playing for... Do you remember David Beckham had a game at um, Old Trafford? It was a charity game. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I remember I was having lunch and then everyone left and I was having a coffee and there's only a couple of people left. And I was sitting over here and then the people that were still left said, oh, come join us. And I went over. It was Carlo Ancelotti, Alex Ferguson, Ashley Cole, and I think John Terry. That's bizarre. And I went, fucking hell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, they were talking about kind of, they were both talking about, like the two managers were talking about Champions League and obviously Ash and JT obviously were, had Ancelotti and they were talking about Chelsea and Champions League and managing against each other. But it, you could tell there was no cameras, no mm. microphones and just seeing the personalities for themselves and being in that room was like, like an honour, really. That's cool. Know? Yeah, amazing. Well, thanks for that, little... Crouchy, because going back to your original question, I don't think I can beat that one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> that was a, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I'd still rather sit with Sidwell and Barnsley all day. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This next part of the podcast is sponsored by BrewDog. So, Crouchy, last time around, we discovered that Elvis Juice is the king of IPAs um, and we've been enjoying it, haven't we? We have. Grapefruity, zesty. Got to the bottom of it. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> the king of IPAs. Uh, what are we the kings of? That's what I want to know. Yeah, and that's what we've been asking. Last week, you did a wonderful uh, uh, performance, would you call it? or? I wouldn't call it wonderful or a performance, <laughs> but I did sing Elvis. You did, and that was your initiation. Song, yeah, and then when I mentioned to, to Sids, yeah, who I know is the is the king of performances, really. Yeah, uh, obviously the notorious idea, as we know him on this podcast. Mm. Um, but we suggested that you needed to do an an, an initiation. Yeah, well, look, I'm all for that. I get it. You know, every club that you sign for, you have to do one, and you know, my feet are. I run to the table here. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel comfortable in this environment. So yeah. why not? Yeah. So do you feel like you could showcase your skills? I've got some skills. Listen, I've done initiations before. Um, and if you want a song list, let's, I'll, I'll go with one. It's I'll almost go. enthusiastic. I'm not going to rap because oh. I'm known for oh. rapping. I'm not well. going to do the Notorious SID. Uh, <laughs> growing up, I was a massive fan of Only Fools and Horses. Still am. I, look, I watch it all the time. So uh, the theme tune is basically what I'm going to... Uh, I want to go with. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Have a little beat. Yeah. We got some half price crack dice and miles and miles of carpet tiles. TVs, deep freezing, David Bowie LPs, ball games, gold chains, what's the names? How to push them, Trevor Francis track suits from a mushy shepherd's bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor. We'll cut prices at a straw. God bless Hookie Street. Long live Hookie Street. Long live Hookie Street. Say magnifique Hookie Street. Magnifique Hookie Street. That's yeah, great. It's a great one. Wow! Absolute belter. Yeah. It smashed that. Big fan. <laughs> I wasn't I, when it wasn't a rap. I thought it'd be a song. Didn't expect that song. Yeah, I think it's one of them ones where. Listen, I actually done that at Chelsea, and the uh, let's put it, the African lads didn't have a clue. Yeah, did they not? No, <laughs> there was uh, serviettes, oranges, bread rolls, the lot being thrown out. The English lads loved it. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. Well done, <laughs> I'm here to please. So, look, we've been asking for your skills as well. We did put it out there as well. We wanted voice messages from everyone listening about what you're the king of or maybe the queen of. Um, we've had a few sent in. If you want to do this, you can go to our Twitter. There's something pinned at the top where you can send voice messages. We, we've got one here. Should we have a listen? Oh, yeah. Here we go. First one. Hi, lads. So, I like to think that I am the king or queen of accents. And sometimes when I'm out and about, I will 
drop into different accents when I'm going into shops or ordering coffees and things like that just to see if I can get away with it and if anyone says anything. And I recently done it in London when I was um, away with work and I went into a well-known coffee shop. Uh, I just said to the guy, um, oh, can I have a medium latte, please, with sugar-free caramel syrup? Um, and, and that's it. And, and he gave me a really weird look. And I was like, oh, my God, why is he looking at me like this? And then the more he spoke to me, the more I realised that he was actually Australian. So I just picked my phone up and was like, um, sorry, I've just got to take this phone call. Um, I'm just going to wait for my coffee at the end. Thanks. Grab my phone, grab my coffee, ran to the train in a blind panic that this guy was going to follow me and ask what part of Australia I was from. So I've just never done it since. But I'd still like to think that I'm the queen. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great game. It's a great game. Me and Ab do this. We do it sometimes at the drive-thru. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your your go-to accent? Well, Australian, pretty. usually go with that, yeah. um, That's a bit confusing for whoever's serving at the drive-thru because the thing is, for most of us when we play that game, the reason you can get away with the accent is because no one knows who you are. The problem is if... if, Pete and Abby turn out and they're running down the window. It's like Peter Crouch and Abby Cancer, nice to see you. And then you hit them with the Aussie. Well, well I'll order an Elvis juice at the bar here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hi there. <laughs> I'd love an Elvis juice <laughs> if that's okay, mate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have four, four of the buggers. <laughs> <laughs> Four of the buggers. <laughs> Four of the buggers. Wow. Well, tell me that's oh, not fun. Yeah. Would, it, would it be more fun for me to do that or me to just go, can I have four elevators? No, it's, it's, way, it's way more fun. <laughs> Little things you can do to Hours. make yourself smile enough. Hours of yeah. fun. Great. So the plan is, um, so we're all happy to send beers for that. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Pack of beers. And if you want to get involved in this, just find us on Twitter, at Peter Crouch Pod. Uh, look for the pinned tweet there. You'll find the link to send us a voice message. We just need to know what you're you're the king or, or, or the queen um, of. Head over to brewdog.com forward slash crouch and buy a pack of Elvis juice. Then you'll be added to the prize draw for tickets to the next event we're hosting down at Brewdog Waterloo. Uh, potentially at the end of August. We're not sure about that, but mm. it'll be around that time anyway. Uh, so get by get sending your voice messages and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. All right. Have you ever seen it get a bit tense? Because um, stuff must spill over from the training ground and then it gets a bit tricky about who you're going to sit next to, that kind of thing. Can be. I mean, you yeah. should leave things on the training field, but, you know, I've seen things where you've kicked off against someone in training and, you know, you arrive kind of at, the, in the queue at the same time, things like that. Like it yeah. does, it does happen. You yeah. know, it does, and I've seen it go off again in the canteen. But you'd like to think that it shouldn't, should it? No. But you've but, never wrapped a tray around someone's head, or no, something. No, well, I've like. seen. I saw. I saw Fabio Capello once. Um, <clears throat> he had a mad thing about mobile phones, and I remember um, Emil Heskey was on his phone when he walked in. And you know all the trays, like, you know how loud they are? When he, yeah. he got one of the trays off and he smashed them all along the thing. And that, like, bang, 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 Like that. And everyone went, fucking shit, everyone shit themselves. <laughs> and uh, he said, we have, we have half an hour to all sit together to speak. And I have one rule. And it's like, no mobile phones. And Emil. Oh, And Emil's going, what? <laughs> and he's going... You know, you're on your phone. And um, everyone just fucking shit themselves. Yeah. And then he walked off and sat down and I went, fuck. I was like, wow. Do you know, most parents can relate to that though, I think. Yeah. It's like an, the Definitely. no mobile rule. He's right, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he probably yeah. you've got, is right. You've got half an hour, you can sit in your room yeah. all day. And I get it, but it's just the way we are, isn't it? We just, yeah. You just get it out and have a look. Yeah. However kind of an intense situation it yeah. sounds like unbelievable yeah talking of intense what was more intense was most managers wouldn't let you eat until the whole squad got there so nor, near enough all the time the manager would be first in this so say for instance dinner was seven o'clock on an away trip in the hotel you get down you get the, the uh, meeting room you have to go down there all obviously it's all laid up manager would be in there first then you'd come in jibs and drabs sit on your seats 
And then everyone would come in, you'd be waiting for one person. And you couldn't get, you're looking at that food, that food's looking at you and you're going, I can't wait to tear into that. <laughs> and you're waiting for one person. You're like, come on, <laughs> it's two minutes to seven. Let's just go. He's like, no, got to wait. And as soon as that person come through the door and sat down, it was like literally, you only go to a buffet, you literally go to a buffet and you literally sit down, put your hand like under your serviette and you get straight back up and go. Yeah, it was like that. Do, do you know what? It's something about mealtimes, right? Um, and it's always been like this since I started playing football and when I retired. It's something about it that's military that, that needs to be... It's something about a team eating together. It is about bonding and respect. It is a big thing. And I remember towards the end, like if we went out for like lunch or something like that, it would be only when the captain... And, and a lot of players, they didn't want to go for lunch with us you know like especially towards the end at Stoke it was quite a fractured dressing room and you could tell kind of some of the foreign lads were just they just didn't want to be around us you know and you could you could see that so we'd all go out for lunch and pretend that we're, yeah, we're all getting on and then you could see them they're all on their phones going fucking hell I hate the food I hate the company the fuck can I get out of here and you know that's what's going through their head you know the whole time they're thinking that anyway they can only leave when the captain says so like the captain will stand up and go alright everyone finished and you go, right, yeah. And you'd all leave together. They got to a stage where you could see them being so kind of anti what we were trying to do that we'd go, fuck them, let's just have dessert and a few beers. <laughs> just I don't know if it's the it right way to go, but further and further. Well, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like, if you're not going to try at least, then. I like that that's a captain's role in a football club. Mm. I think when you're defining what the captain does, and obviously we've, you know, do this on, on several podcasts. Uh, there's something quite cool that the captain decides when everyone leaves yeah. and everyone sits like, it's nothing to do with football, really. No, it's, it's just not, team stuff, isn't yeah. it? It's just it's... a team kind of, it's nothing to do with the meal either. Yeah. It's 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 about the team and, and if not everyone's buying in, it it becomes a problem. And if there's not that respect, like uh, obviously Capello, for instance, um, you know, he had his flaws, but he had some good points, mm. to be honest. And a lot of them were, you know, if you were, if you, if you were late for for kind of the, t the team meeting or the team meal. He said, you could do whatever you like all the time. If you're late for that team meal, you're late for that meeting. It shows disrespect. And so why is your time any more precious than everyone else yeah. who's here on time? Yeah. You know, that kind of respect is how you, you know, it, it, it's all part of a team ethic. Yeah. It got to a point as well where on away trips, I think it might have been coming more so after when Spurs had Lasagna Gate, that they, they, people would take their own chefs. Right. To, to the hotel so the club the club chef would travel with the team or before the team on an away game to that hotel where they're staying go in the kitchen oh imagine that that's and, hilarious and basically watch over the food that they was cooking but or if, if he cook the food himself but that's that's massive chef housery like imagine if you're the head chef of a <laughs> hotel restaurant right <laughs> And some prick walks in, like in a, in in Chef White's, but with a Stoke badge or like they with a team yeah. badge. That's regularly, yeah, yeah, that's been regularly. And and we're allowed to sort of like almost it. take take control of the, of, of of the hotel, it's, and that's their that's their kitchen. It's basically like, it's territorial someone, with chefs. It's someone coming into your garden and going, "See this barbecue? Yeah, yeah. This I'm, is I'm, mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm cooking on this. You can watch." <laughs> Oh my god! Can it's, you imagine? It's, it's cuckold. Watch, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. He's right. I'm gonna fire straight into this barbecue. Watch and you're gonna watch it. Your barbecue. <laughs> watch me cook. Watch me cook. <laughs> watch me cook. And nothing else they can do. They just have to stand there. Cuckold. It's cuckold. <laughs> Good. Right, we're done now. <laughs> we're done. Oh, well, listen, you know what? I really enjoyed um, just going through uh, canteens. Yeah. I actually got loads out of that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. We really dug down, didn't we? Cook hold is born. <laughs> Would be great to hear from a chef in a hotel that's been cookhold. That's been yeah. cookhold yeah. by a football club. By another football club. <laughs> Name and shame. We'll happily we'll happily put it on. Let us know. <laughs> so there's a few of these stories uh, where um, managers have got involved in the canteen. Do you want to hear a couple of them? Interesting to know your thoughts. Um, so this is a good Fergie one. In the past, Sir Alex Ferguson made players do work with the canteen staff and learn how to cook before he gave them permission to buy a house. So, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Really? I, I, look, I don't know if that's true. Um, 
I guess the theory <laughs> is, it's like maybe instilling this discipline, it's like the club helps them learn how they can live on their well, own properly and yeah. be self-sufficient and know how to cook because you're saying if you went home and just cooked yourself and you were just eating shit all the time. Yeah, I was useless. I remember mm. being, when I first moved, I went to Portsmouth and I was on my own. I, I just couldn't, I wasn't a good cook at all. And not like, obviously nowadays, like the players have, have chefs, don't they? Like they, they, they cook, if they're, yeah. if they're not good chefs, they, have, they bring them in. And, and I suppose in the Premier League, if you're earning that much money, it doesn't, you can. Well, that obviously didn't work for Phil Neville. I, mean, I swear I remember watching a documentary where he had the rappers still in his cooker <laughs> and he'd never made a cup of tea. Is he the one that never made a cup of tea in his life, Phil Neville? Really? Mike Lowen's never made, had a tea or coffee in his life. What, never had one or never made one? He's never had one. Oh, no, it's Phil, I'm sure it's Phil Neville. Is, it? is there a reason why he's not done that? Like, it just, he, I'm just he, saying, would he, look, would he be interested in trying like, a coffee? I'd like, like to see what, I'd like to see what yeah, he's like. Yeah, because he's watched three films in his life, generally, and he's never had tea or coffee. I mean, maybe this is... I don't know if he'd be interested in this, like mm. I assume. Unless it's, you know, for a health thing or something like that. Totally but get it. He doesn't like it. Like well, does he know if he's never had... Well, you can't just rule something out because you don't like the thought of it. We could I, try just, Michael Owen on a different thing every week. One week coffee. Next week... He's watched three films, has he? Yeah. So like, he what's he missed films? Titanic or, or, or like, he's not seen The Godfather <laughs> or anything. He's, he's, he has he's missing out on a lot. He has named them. But, um, Michael Owen's film reviews could be massive <laughs> for this pod. <laughs> I'm not joking. All he's got to do is watch a film and send a voice note. Can we not arrange this? <laughs> well, like a section. Yeah, I but just I want, can pin but it's only, it. cla it's classic films. Oh, so uh, one a week, yeah, we yeah. just say, look, treat yourself to, Watch The Godfather, right? Watch, I mean, some of the greats, The Lion King, yeah. you know, like, and we just put them on a different one, just let, let them fire over a quick voice note with the analysis. Uh, oh, well, we can try. I don't know. Do, do you know him well? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know him well enough to ask. Um, yeah. oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go into this a bit more. Do you know what, look, do you know what gets you about this podcast? Is <laughs> Could we, be good. We, we start a podcast about canteens and we end up with Michael Owen <laughs> film reviews. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? But if it's anything like the adverts he does, it could be really yeah, good. Yeah, it yeah. could be special. It could um, be one Please, can we not forget that? Yeah, yeah, I've got that yeah. includes everyone listening as well. Please remind us. Um, uh, how about this story? So Ten Hag bought in his own head chef as part of his rebuild at Man United. Now, that's kind of odd because if you're, if you're used to a certain chef yeah. from a player's point of view, then suddenly the manager's bought... His guy in mm. that's a that's, that's an massive. interesting one. That's massive. I'm I'm literally just that's throwing me back to when I was at Reading and the year that we got promoted from the Championship to the Premier League. Um, record points, 106 points, still the record now. Mickey, the chef, we had a roast dinner every Friday <laughs> without before fail. a game. Before a game, uh, Friday, every Friday we would have a roast dinner, like later, and it become superstition in the end. It was like right, listen. You got to do it. I think it probably got to a season where we didn't have one earlier on, and we lost. And it was like, listen, get the roast back, <laughs> and then we won every didn't have every game. And I'm going back to that scenario, thinking if the manager changed and someone else come in, and we didn't have roast on a Friday, what was that gonna? That's it. Do? You're in rhythms. You're in, and the manager comes in. Yeah, I know part of it is bringing in their way, but bringing in their own chef suggests there's gonna yeah. be radical change. But like that change is it's really like I remember Steve McManaman telling me about like Real Madrid, um, you know, before a game. They'd have a, they'd have wine on the table, like on a right. Friday night before yeah. a game. They'd have, and I don't know whether it's you know it's a cultural thing that Brits are, can't be trusted with wine really. <laughs> um, whereas they can have two glasses and, yeah. and go to bed. You know, we'd we'd just binge it and go to a club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that, I don't know if that's a cultural thing or maybe. But you know, maybe. They, they, said that you know some some players would have two or three glasses of wine you know yeah. and then and then and then go to bed and you know have a big match the next day and i don't know they play they play later and as it's not three o'clock kickoff it's you know evening kickoff yeah, but then but it helped the canteen not be the same canteen that it was in the day it was like it felt like a yeah. friday night relax as well yeah. you'd think like that that sounds good that that's how they, it's how they did pleasant. it and, you know it's something different to, to what we know here's another one steven gerrard banned fizzy drinks sauces and puddings at aston villa Really? Now that's a touch of the cup. That doesn't seem like it? a Stevie thing for me. Well, if it. true, I get fizzy drinks. Like I, I get that. I don't think fizzy drinks should be around a training ground. Pudding, so. Oh. Well, they're not. They're not necessity. Very are they? harsh. 
Puddings is massive. Oh, I mean, <laughs> puddings is massive. What a quote. Puddings is massive. Where we go. But listen, let me tell you now, right? You can't this... remember these things stick, you know. <laughs> puddings is massive. Could be coming. Could be coming. Puddings is massive. It's the new Mike <laughs> Dean Slaughter's chickens, isn't it? Puddings is. Yeah, puddings is massive. Oh, flags at Crouchfest. Yeah, puddings is massive. Steve is a world Please. We need come. to hear this chanted. I was quite aggressive there. We need it on the. <laughs> I want it on one of those ones that gets unfurled down a whole stand. You know, puddings like that start, <laughs> the players are coming out and just puddings is massive, gets revealed along the corner. I want to see it, I want to see the darts, you know, the darts, the big screen behind the camera. Puddings is massive. <laughs> That's your one, mate. You found You've it. You've done it, mate. You've done it. Puddings is massive. They'll shout it at you from vans. Piss off Carl, fucking parched, fucking puddings is massive. <laughs> Please, from the moment you know this podcast goes out, your social bio, <laughs> Mate, your finished. Twitter bio, your Instagram over. bio just needs to say puddings is massive. <laughs> you know they change wow. things on Wikipedia and everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything about Steve is now done around this. I want... I want companies coming in for the rights to mate, use Steve for your puddings. It, I want this man advertising spotted dicks. <laughs> I want this man advertising... Treacle tarts. I want him. I want him wow. with it all. Wait, it's gone. Wow. Honestly, it's the new Mister Kipling. Steve, I'm so sorry. Right. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big. I'm a. If you didn't know, I'm being. I'm a massive advocate. Yeah. Puddings, Puddings is massive. Puddings is massive. Well, so listen. When I when I was a young pro, when I when I was a young pro at Arsenal, right. Quick story. Oh. London Colney, brand new training ground. The chef was there. Lovely. So it, the, it was an open uh, canteen. So the, the academy would get in sometimes before the um, first team. And the chef used to do a tin of um, apple crumble. And oh. you know, it's like the lads would just take the layers of crumble yeah, and like, eat the that. apple. So obviously Thierry, Dennis would come in, Tony Adam, then they'd be like, what the fuck's going on? So I mean, this is not on. So in the end, the chef done literally an apple crumble and then he would just do tin, like trays of crumble. Crumble, oh mate. Just That's crumble. your one. Fuck it. This is the new lout. This yeah. is it. No one just does, to the best of my knowledge anyway, just the crumble. I've had it. Sidwell's crumble. Sidwell's crumble. I don't... No. Puddings is massive. <laughs> Puddingsismassive.com. Let's buy that as soon as possible. <laughs> We're the new Muller. <laughs> Thomas Muller. <laughs> Puddings is massive. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah, imagine him doing Puddings is massive. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like we need oh, to get God. loads of celebrities, footballers, everyone no. piling in on this. Oh, wow. Please. I, see it really, I see it right now. No, the yogurt. Instead of the cold shirt yeah. thing or whatever, just get the yogurt up. Puddings is massive. Yeah. <laughs> Sidwell licking yogurt lids. <laughs> Just look to camera. Puddings is massive. Can we just encourage everyone, bin off every other catchphrase around this podcast. Oh, We're running with this one now. We go with Puddings is massive. We need you to whack this in the back of dirty Shumba vans. One, all of it. Piss off, Carl. Yeah. God. Redundant. Puddings is massive. In the back, back of dirty vans, scribbled on toilet cubicles. <laughs> Puddings is massive. Stickers. Clear the decks. <laughs> We've got a new one, everyone. Right. The strange thing is, I think everyone's on board with it. Yeah, no, they are massive. It They're is important. Great. They're important. Puddings is massive. They're important. Um, right. Should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Um, what well, a podcast. I guy. honestly really enjoyed it. Like, you never know what you're going to get. And do you know what? Canteens has brought out something in us today. Mm, yeah. um, and, and, and I've really enjoyed going back in there. I felt like I was in there at times. Absolutely. Yeah. Eating the dinner, eating the breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Chumbawamba, everyone. I think Thanks final words got to go to Sid's, isn't it? Yeah. Puddings is massive. Let's go. <laughs> Puddings is massive, guys. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.